Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. All right, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the J.P. Peterson Show. We thank you so much for joining us here today, and we got another two hours of jam-packed Tampa Bay-centric sports talk to get to today. Um, even though the Rays did not play last night, of course, the Lightning are playing golf. But that's okay, they're resting right? and giving someone else a chance to win. So that's okay. Um, the Bucks uh, just finished working minicamp. We'll talk some Bucks today as well, but we've got – Lots of good stuff to get to. Aaron Judge and the Yankees cheating? <gasps> no. And while other shows may not bring you evidence, we will. <laughs> We've got actual evidence to support such claims, which may be different than some of the New York media. Uh, so we'll get into that. The ACC uh, currently having meetings up in Amelia Island, and we have a new group. The Magnificent Seven in the ACC who are now trying to get out of this ridiculous grant of rights agreement that they gave to ESPN many years ago that uh, pays them about 50 cents on the dollar of what uh, Florida State's grant of rights are actually worth. So they are looking to get out. And we'll get into that a little bit uh, today as well. Kurt Weiler from the Osceola and the Rivals Network is going to join us at 11 o'clock from Amelia Island uh, very versed on all these things that are going on, so we'll get to that uh, today as well. Um, we'll get into some of the NBA stuff that's going on. We have the Western Conference Finals starting tonight, which I think is going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll get into some Rays news as well. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll start off with that right now. I'm not going to sit here and, and tease you guys that this is huge news, but uh, the Rays are going to meet with the TSA this Thursday, this Thursday morning. So they're still, you know, as, as you may not hear this, you may not think this, and I think the, the common misperception out there is that this deal in St. Petersburg is done, and as we've told you, it's anything but done. They still have a long way to go, even though they are negotiating in secret with the city council and with the mayor and doing it um, in a very intentional way, doing just one-on-one -on -one meetings that hide their negotiations from the Sunshine Law which whenever people are trying to hide things in government that involves big money, never a good thing, um, especially when you're dealing with uh, an organization that has is well, an owner that's being sued by his own partners for fiduciary fraud. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's a really good, <laughs> that's a really good way to go about things. You might uh, not get the great, greatest public trust that you, you might get. But anyway, um, Hillsborough County is going to meet, the TSA is going to meet with the Rays on Thursday. Ken Hagen is going to join us on Thursday's show at 11.15, and we'll pick up whatever. Now, he's not going to be in that meeting. That's with their outside counsel. Eric Hart from the TSA will be in that meeting. Um, we'll get some some uh, uh, some thoughts on what goes on there. Uh, but I think it's just interesting for you to know that, yes, Hillsborough County is still meeting with the Rays. They're still moving forward on their plans to offer up an alternative to what St. Pete is going to be. And while um, the, it's a very different, obviously, uh, proposal because the Rays and Hines have been chosen to redevelop the entire uh, Tropicana Field site. So 
what the Hillsborough County is going to offer, we still don't know. The latest iteration we saw was the Ebor Harbor thing, which was quite interesting to me. Those those, but you know, they're just renderings, they're drawings, they're thoughts. But there is, you know, there is the, that piece of property that Daryl Shaw has has purchased, and that's a possibility. I love that idea, that Ebor Marina idea. We showed those pictures. It was about a month and a half ago. Um, if you're interested, we might be able to re- resurrect that. If you need it, we can retweet it. Uh, but I, I think that's a fantastic idea. It's it would be right there across the, the channel from the aquarium. They'll build build a marina right at the end of where, if you know where the aquarium is, that whole area where the shipyard is right now, that would be relocated to somewhere else in the port, and that would be a residential area, a a battery type area that they have in Atlanta, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of bars, condos around it as well. A whole development, very much like is going to go down in Tropicana Field. Now, who would develop it? Where the money comes from? All that stuff. We know this that Hillsborough County. Um, has at least 350 to it's actually probably more more towards 450 million now because the bed tax there the money has increased so dramatically in the last few years there's more money available uh, and as I, I found out from the, the city council in Tampa there are ways to get money from the city as well not direct property tax money but other ways that they can invest in this park as well especially if it's going to be a redevelopment of the downtown so this whole idea that Hillsborough doesn't have any money there's no corporate support it's complete bs complete bs that is untrue it is misinformation completely untrue so hillsborough county still very much in the game the rays will meet with them on thursday um they've been meeting with them uh periodically so that's that's never really stopped but those meetings are not necessarily and i'm not sure why those meetings aren't public record uh so to speak because obviously there's more than one person in it it's the it's the tsa that is meeting with them not necessarily uh, a government entity which i think tsa is is kind of a quasi government agency so i'm not i apologize i'm not versed on that i'll try to find it out but we'll we'll get some more information and we'll see how this is moving forward but uh, again there's we still have no details on what the proposal is in St. Petersburg in terms of paying for it. There were some things that came out. I couldn't really, in, in reading the Times reports, I couldn't really tell where that was sourced from. But it's, you know, just in general, a $1.2 billion cost for the stadium. The Rays are saying that they would pay half of that and retain the naming rights solely. So they would get all that money, which, you know, could be in the, you know, four to five to $600 million. Uh, price tag plus major league baseball refunds um the the teams that build stadiums partially in terms of how much money they spend there's some formula there and the, uh, the commissioners laid that out so it's going to be a you know in terms of what the the rays are going to get um when you put in naming rights their actual outlay for you know stadium cost is going to be a sweetheart deal either way um, what the, you know, and if the public has to come up with, you know, half the, half the cost of that, and I have no idea what the cost of that, the, um, the Ebor Harbor thing would be again, I think Hillsborough County is committed to that 350 to 400 to 450 million, depending on how much they can get out of the back bed tax plus other, uh, developmental rights and, uh, special taxing districts and money that they can come out of it. So it, the financing of it, if, if the Rays are willing to put up $600 million, all they had to do was put up about 450 about four, four or five years ago, and they would have, you know, we'd already have the stadium in Ebor. They didn't want to do that because Stu wanted to get St. Pete and, and Tampa and Montreal, I guess, uh, all bidding against each other. 
to make the most money. And I get it. He's a businessman. But when it comes down to it, Major League Baseball wants to be on the Tampa side. They do not want another stadium built in downtown St. Petersburg. That is clear. Um, the Rays have said their preference is to be on the te- Tampa side. Uh, in the the uh, conversation we had last week at the CEO Council, Eric Neander, you know, said his personal, he lives in Hillsborough County, said my personal um, choice would be Hillsborough County. So I think everybody knows that's the better place for it, but it's just a matter of, of coming down to money. And if it's coming down to money, you know, is, is it okay to, that this is about how much the Rays make, or is it more about what's the better place in the end for where the stadium should be? What's best for the baseball fans? What's best for MLB? Uh, you know, Stu Sternberger's already made a billion dollars on this investment. How much is enough? And how much, I know, how much should be weighed with your, with your community, what I say would say community responsibility? You know, this market has made you a billionaire, Stu Sternberg. Is your community responsibility to maybe make a little bit less on the stadium deal and put it in a place that's more accessible to more fans where your partners in Major League Baseball want it to be so they don't have to give you revenue-sharing money anymore? Is there a responsibility, a fiduciary responsibility, a community responsibility for the Rays to meet that level and do that in downtown Tampa? I would say a, a hearty yes. I mean, every poll you've ever seen of Rays baseball fans, overwhelmingly, 75 to 80% want to see it in downtown Tampa because it's more accessible to more Rays fans. It's more accessible to Orlando fans. And we had Pat Williams on the show last week, tried to get some of that Orlando bed tax money over here. It wasn't going to (laughs) happen, obviously. But uh, Orlando can spend that bed tax money on on helping build the Brightline train to Tampa Bay and mass transit and get that I-4 thing going so we don't have to stay on that freaking thing all the time and bring the Orlando fans. And this is going to make, obviously, it more successful here. It's going to give the Rays much more revenue in order to compete with the Yankees and the Blue Jays and and everybody else in the AL East. So that's better if you're a Rays fan. I said this the other day. You don't want the stadium built in St. Petersburg. If you want your team to be better moving forward and have the financial resources in a league where we do not have a level playing field, you want that stadium in downtown Tampa. So if you're one of those folks that are saying, and know who you are, Devin, <laughs> I don't care, just build it in St. Petersburg, that's bad. That's a bad, that's a bad idea. It's a bad um, talking point. You want them where they're going to be most successful and make the most revenue, which is in downtown Tampa where the corporations can buy suites, can buy premium seating, and know that during the week they have clients that live in Tampa, live around the stadium, that they can go use those tickets, and it's a great expenditure of their promotional dollars and for their clients. That's how this works. That's how it should work moving forward. So never forget that. I know a lot of us are just so weary of the whole damn thing because you want to just, you know, if you want to build it in St. Peter, no, no, that's not, that's not what we want. We want it in Tampa. So we'll get maybe some more information as they meet with uh, with Hillsborough County on Thursday. Well, hold up real quick, because you mentioned about having team success and better competing. I'm like, we're already kicking these teams' ass right now. Oh, are we? With the with the fifty million dollar active payroll. Can you imagine if we had what are we gonna do if we hundred and twenty? What are we gonna do if we have a hundred and twenty million dollar payroll to these teams? I would suggest we'd be better. <laughs> I don't know how much better you can honestly get at the moment. <laughs> well, it's the moment. <laughs> 
it's the moment. You know, this team has not won like this all the time, nor will it continue. You know, what they're doing right now is unsustainable. It's unsustainable. You're not going to win like this forever. Well, no, not like this, but with this current core of players for the most part, I mean, we're pushing, what, a fifth straight playoff appearance in this division? I mean, that's pretty impressive as it is. Yes, but how are you going to keep these players on a $50, $60, 70000000 million payroll? You can't do it. You can't do it. We, we had this discussion last week, remember? And you know what you can do? On a $150 million player, you can keep you payroll keep every, and keep you all keep these everybody. Guys. And that's not even the average payroll. Well, I guess it is. 144 is the average, or about 150 That would just be average pay, payroll. And we're not an average market, by the way. We are a top 11 market. We're in the top third of baseball size markets. We're not a small market. We're a small market because the stadium is in St. Petersburg. That's why the revenues were lower. Move it to the actual middle of the market where your fans are, um, you're going to your rent your revenues will be commensurate to your market size. Ergo your revenues and, and hopefully we'll have an owner that will reinvest those revenues into the team, which we have not seen with this owner. Um, to the degree that it should be reinvested. There's five hundred million dollars sitting in another account. Um, so that's the problem. Yeah, I was gonna, we, we want to keep this core together. You don't want that stadium built in St. Petersburg. You want it built in Tampa. I was going to say, I don't know how many small markets across the uh, the United States have three professional sports franchises. Last time I checked, I don't think that's a thing. No. No? No. No, I don't think so. Well, you're not referring to us as a small market, though, are you? No, okay. no, I'm not doing that at all. But I'm right. just saying from a national standpoint, there is still this feeling that Tampa Bay is in the small market for whatever reason. No, we're not. Like we're like we're freaking <laughs> Green Bay or something. Uh, once again, false narrative. False narratives there. Yes. Uh, does Tom Brady come and play in small markets? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. So uh, no. anybody who tells you that narrative outside these circles is just a flat-out liar and right. too lazy to do some homework. So I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and we, we had the discussion last week about the team and, and keeping this core together, and I think it's a relevant discussion. Because the mm, Rays absolutely. have the Rays have never invested in a core of players, realist or that's right historically, right? Right. Longoria, yeah, they invested in him, and you got a decade out of him. But all the other ones, so Carl Crawford, they never. When it came time to pay him, they didn't do it. Now you can say they were probably justified in not paying Carl Crawford the money mm-hmm. based on how his career uh, ended up, right? Uh, David Price, when it came time to have to pay him. He was shipped out of here. Yep. And by the way, that worked out well because well. that turned into Willie Adamas, who turned into Drew Rasmussen, right. who hopefully we're praying for good news there still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've been justified in things, but I think they have the right core right now. Like I said the other day, this is the these are the this is the core that you want to go to bat with for the future. Right now, yeah. for the future, and you know if having the stadium in Tampa is going to help them keep this core together because you have more cash flow and things like that. Absolutely. Then by all means, another. It's another reason why you need to build it in Tampa. But uh, regardless, I, I'm trying to have faith that the organization will do right by this core regardless of what happens. And your evidence of that is based on what? My evidence, I well, I went to the school of WFAN to get my evidence for this, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Which means you have none. Which means I have none. Right. Uh, but, hey, I can press my luck a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we, we hope, you know, and these new contracts certainly signal – a willingness, but as I pointed out many times, they still have not reached the point where they're paying out those contracts. With Wander, I think he's, what, making $5 million this year? Last year it was one. The big money doesn't kick in for a while for Wander. 
Um, next year, Tyler Glass now is due $25 million. Now, the worst-case scenario for the Rays and Rays fans is that Tyler does not get healthy this year and can't pitch. Because if he can't pitch this year, they're on the hook for that $25 million next year. And they, you know, their, their idea was either he's going to be super healthy and a Cy Young candidate, in which case, you know, $25 million is not that much money. It's a, it's a bargain compared to some of the others. Well, to be honest, Tyler Glass now, and again, I don't know if this is a hot take really or not, but I'm not even including him in my future plans at the moment. He's not he if I'm if I'm running this team, Tyler Glasnow is not my future plans. Yeah. It's hard how can I depend on the guy? You can't. How many games has he started in five years with the Rays? Many. How many full seasons has he pitched with the Rays? Um, and none. I think the only full season he went through was the 60-game COVID sprint, and yeah. that doesn't really count. That's not a full and season. And that was probably his worst season, by the way, yeah. that he had with the Rays to boot. Yeah. Uh, so he's not really in my plans at all. So Nor I'll, should nor should he be. If nor should he If you're be. smart, if you're, you know, and, and we know this, that Eric Neander and his team are super smart, you can't count on him. No, and, and, that's why, him, and that's why if Tyler Glasnow comes back from this injury and he looks like the Tyler Glasnow pre-injury, bonus. that's great and everything, but am I going to just say, yeah, I'm not going to listen to trade offers on him regardless? <laughs> I don't want to have to. I don't know if I really want to pay him after this $25 million is what I'm saying, of which case he'll be probably, what, 31 years old yeah, with, with not much to go off of and he'd get a fat contract from somebody. That I'm completely against. Yeah, me completely too. Completely against. No, the Rays, even if they start, even if they get a new stadium and they start spending in the hundred, you know, over a hundred must billion, it doesn't make any sense to sign these ridiculous, you know, Verlander, uh, Scherzer, no, 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 no. you know, uh, David Price, Kershaw type deals. And how many of these deals work out? I saw a list. None of them. The top ten, the top ten paid well, pitchers in baseball right now. There's only like ten guys that are, I think are getting north of twenty three million a year. Uh, pitchers in the league, and like seven of them have had injured list stents this year. And well, the, the ones at the top are old and brittle and are breaking down. Verlander, Scherzer, DeGrom. Well, here's, here's the thing. When you're the Yankees or the Dodgers or any of these super big market high-income teams that own their own regional television network like the Yes Network, I mean, their revenues are literally in the $500 million range when you throw in everything. I know the Yes Network has other stuff on there, but it's, that's Yankees money, right? You know, $40 million for a pitcher, and if guy gets injured, it's not that big a deal to them. To the Rays, it's crushing. It's absolutely crushing. You, are, you, are, you will not be able to sustain. So you cannot put all your chips in the middle for these type of players. And I agree with that sentiment sentiment because I also feel like, you know, even if the Rays spent more money, I, I want them to keep that whole philosophy and idea that the majority of their players are up and coming hungry players trying to prove themselves because I do think that's a winning edge. And with 130, 140 million dollar payroll, if you choose the right guys, let's just say like you want to in- invest in Wander Franco, right? Wander Franco is never going to become one of those lazy you know, fat and happy players. He loves the no. game too much. He loves the game too much. He loves to win too much. And if you're going to give those type of contracts, that's those are the type of players that you give them to. You know that they're not going to be guys that are going to rest on their laurels and just collect their money and get fat and happy. you got to be very selective about that. And I would argue that you don't do that with pitchers because pitchers are too brittle. Um, well, it, where does Shane McClanahan factor into this? <sighs> Because remember, he's, he's around the age right now where I think the Rays gave that 
initial five-year deal extension, rather, to Blake Snell, no? And it wasn't by, – by MLB standards, that was a bargain. That was a bargain. For what they got Absolutely. Blake Snell, and it made that contract very easy to trade. I, I think that's what – I think that what going forward, I think the Rays would want to buy out those first free agent years or, or arbitration years, so to speak, and then a little bit into free agency in those what I would call the you know the tweener contracts mm-hmm. in, in hockey, so to speak, where they're in their late 20s. You can buy them out till their early 30s. And then, you know, I think at that point you just go, look, we want to keep you, but we're not going to give you $40, 50000000 million a year that you're going to get from other franchises that can absorb that because if you get hurt, we can't, we can't sustain that. I think that's fair. I think that's the best you can do as, if you're the Rays. I think it's smart baseball. I really do. I don't, I don't think investing in these arms, I think the Rays certainly have been able to prove that they can go find younger arms and identify the younger arms that are up and coming that they can get the best out of in their in their prime years and then just not invest in them after they're 33, 34 years old. Well, even in the case of Shane McClanahan, he's still pre-arbitration, right. if you remember. And the Rays have him under control until 2027, well, there you go. of which he'll be 30 years old. Yeah, so I, he's a perfect example of this. I would give him one of those contracts where you buy out those arbitration years, and in the you know, you know say a six-year deal, you know, worth hell even five years, like a hundred yeah. million. Yeah, like you get twenty million yeah. a year, that puts you in the top fifteen paid mm-hmm. pitchers. It'd be the biggest contract the Rays or one of the bigger contracts the Rays have ever given out. So I, I think he's a priority. And I think Josh Lowe, like we said, is a priority. And I could tell you right now, I'd give that guy like seven years, and I'd probably stretch it over across $100 million, $115. Yeah. Nothing too big like that. And you get seven years of production. It's the Braves. Again, it's the Braves model. Yeah. And that's how you keep it together. But those are the two priorities. And then you can have those two guys and Wander Franco locked up, who I think for the future of this team, that's it. So, yeah, I think so. Right now the Rays have just been doing bargain basement. And cycling the players through to keep most of your players, 80, 90 percent of your players on these rookie deals, minimum salary, and then sprinkle in a few guys in the seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 yeah. area. That's been there. You know, that's been there. The next step on that is taking it from 70, you know, 75, 80 million dollar payroll to about 140 to about league average. Right. Where now you're you can keep a core together to they're about age 33, 34, 35, not paying the big ridiculous super contracts after that so but you're paying those mid-tier contracts to keep the core together that's your next step and i think that's honestly where you should i think that's the sweet spot for for the rays and i think any organization to be quite honest that just doesn't want to spend stupid right if you can listen if you're the yankees and the dodgers and you can absorb these big contracts why not give them out right i mean you, you can still keep some of these younger players but you can give out those other contracts and keep the big stars because you can. You're making a ridiculous amounts of money on your regional television deals. The Rays can't do that right now, even though they're making what 85 million a year, not too shabby, um, on their on their current deal. So, and, and Sternberg was smart enough to get most of that up front. <laughs> the Bally's is bankrupt. Brilliant stuff. So, yeah, I think I think that's where they need to be. And to be there, they need to be in Tampa. They need to be in Tampa. You're never going to get those revenue sources that I mentioned in St. Petersburg. You know, the big the big corporations, the big clients, most of them that are based in the Tampa Bay site are not going to be buying luxury boxes for long term or the premium seating because they can't give those tickets away midweek. You know, so I, I just that's why those revenue streams are the most important. 
and that's why being in the center of the market and and think about this you're going to get more you know some of those those bigger corporations in Orlando are much more likely to invest in be sponsors in a Tampa side stadium than they are where they are now because they can use that as well. So you bring that whole that whole that's the 17th largest market into play as well. You're moving you're merging those markets even more. It's it's just a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer and St. Pete is such a short-sighted deal. And stadiums are long-term. And you know, this a St. Pete deal would be short-sighted special interest for the local government there, um, the mayor who doesn't want to, lose, quote, lose the raise. It's not what this is about. It's what's best for the region. So we'll see how it progresses this week. Uh, a couple comments coming in on this I uh, want to get to as well. Um, yeah, we're going to get to the Aaron Judge thing here in a minute. So, uh, RJ, so stay, stay tuned to that. Um, yes, good to hear that they're meeting. Uh, Jordan G., uh, Stu would uh, – would, would my care if he lived here like Vinick does? Stu is still a New York snob through and through. I think he meant snob. Um, Bucks Live says the core of this team is completely different than four or five years ago when this started. Yeah, but I think to this point, to to your point, uh, Nick, that they they can keep them together now, and they're showing signs of of, of wanting to do that, and that's uh, that's good news. Moving across the bridge would fix attendance for like a year or two. MLB attendance is down across the board. Pirates in first haven't changed much for them. Yeah, look, you know, this whole idea of winning and they will come, it's an archaic idea. It doesn't work anymore. You know, you've got winning helps. There's no question about that. But if you don't have an accessible stadium and a modern stadium, it doesn't matter if you're winning. People will just watch it on TV, um, which is another thing we're going to get to because <laughs> it's not so easy to watch it on TV anymore. Um Jordan G, yeah, but you get consistent ticket sales on Tampa side, Kevin. Not necessarily butts and seats, but ticket sales. Yeah, that's true, and that, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it, people have to understand that, like all those empty seats that you saw in Yankee Stadium, those tickets are are sold. You know, mm-hmm. those those $500 a game tickets are already sold by all the corporations. But believe it or not, rich people don't show up every night <laughs> for their for their tickets. I mean, there should be some re- you know there should be some way to give those tickets away to other people. You know, super fans that would like them, move people if you're going to use them. But, you know, as you see, Jordan said, York had a ton of empty seats over the weekend, but the tickets were sold for the season, which will happen in Tampa as well with our corporate presence. Only big companies in St. Petersburg is Raymond James. That's absolutely true. That's what we're trying to say is that's the dynamic of this, and, and that's where so much of the revenue comes from. Um, or it says, over here we have Publix, Tico, Mosaic, just to name a few. That's why Bucks always sell out and Lightning. I think it's disagree with only one or two seasons. More businesses are moving here by the day. Absolutely. You're 100% right with that. Um, you know, I was reading an article this morning where Water Street, um, they've, they've had, I think, five or six companies move their headquarters to downtown Water Street, and they're only half done with that. You know, Jeffrey Vinnick has done a great job of relocating a lot of those businesses, and not just, you know, Fortune 500, but other businesses from the Northeast to Tampa Bay. And those businesses are, you know, obviously investing in the Lightning, but they'll invest in the Rays as well um, as they come over here. And no, nobody's doing that in St. Petersburg, in, in my opinion. Um, uh, I want to stay positive, Nick, but Rass is about to have his third Tommy John surgery, and he will sadly be like Honeywell. Flexor injury predominantly needs TJ, but I don't know. What that? Why they don't use stem cells? Yeah, I've heard that the Rays are not big on stem cells. That is a concern of mine, though, yeah. uh, of Drew Rasmussen's career. Um, what is he like? Twenty six, twenty seven already? Yeah. At that point, and 
this is going to be potentially a third Tommy John surgery. I don't know how many examples of guys who have really come back from that. And, you know, we, I think we talked to, to Rich yesterday, right? And he mentioned that Brian Anderson from Bally's was faced with getting the third Tommy John. And he said, no, it's not really worth it at that point. Yeah. Now, I, I think. Because the rehab is, it's a year and a half. It's brutal. Now, it's probably accelerated with stem cells if you're using them. <laughs> but, because um, everything is. Yeah, I would, I would just Ryan hate Jensen. it because we have seen so many guys come through this pipeline of pitchers that we've had and. With so much promise, and he mentioned Brett Honeywell in that one. Who good to see that he's he's a, he's a I think he's a reliever now for San Diego, and he seems to be doing well. So that's good for him. Uh, but even Brendan McKay, who if you can believe, it's been seven years or six years since he was drafted third overall by the Rays or fourth overall, whatever it was. Yeah, I think third. Yeah. And we have I just zero timetable for whenever we're going to see this guy again. It's yeah. like career completely altered by these arm injuries. I mean, it's un- I would hate to see another guy, another potential great for this organization go down like that. Yeah, and you wonder it, at this point if he just, you know, wants to come back as a hitter, you know, come back and just play as a position. You're talking about McKay, that yeah. is? Yeah. Well, the thing was, McKay was shut down as a hitter for a reason because yeah. he did not – he did not adjust well when he got to single A and double A when he tried hitting. It just he was kind of all over the place. Yeah. So he had to focus on a, being a pitcher anyway. So I think that's kind of where he is right now. But I just don't know when you're going to see that guy again. Uh, George G says Publix has multiple boxes and seat sponsorships, both Lightning and Bucks, and will gladly join the woke race if they were over here in Tampa, despite their abrasive, unnecessary political stance. Yeah, I've I've wondered about that. How much that plays into corporate support and. Um, just the ticket sales as well, uh, because the Rays are certainly very um, adamant about those things. I don't know. I haven't heard much from fans on that. Jordan's the first one I've heard about that, but obviously it it's definitely has an effect in other places. Personally, for me, it has zero impact, yeah. but I'm more of the let's just play the game guy. Yeah, I get you. Um, why pay 30-plus million if over 30? Well, I mean, there are pitchers, obviously, that perform over 30. I mean, for, you can be a great pitcher from 30 to, you know, to 40. We've seen that. But I think the rule of thumb here is if you go through all these major, huge pitching contracts that have been given out, I would say just off the top of my head, 75% have been disasters. The risk will never outweigh the positive. Right. I mean, off the top of my head, of the ones that I can think of that worked out, like I think CeCe Sabathia might have been 30 when he got that monster deal from the Yankees. And, you know, they got great production. But if you recall, the end of CeCe Sabathia wasn't great. Right. You always pay for it somewhere down the line, and you can't trade that contract. Uh the Rangers giving this contract to DeGrom, for as special as he is, it seems like every game he's got something with his forearm or he's got something with his wrist or his elbow, right? Can't count on him. Uh, it's a little bit more less risk when you're a Verlander. You're just getting one-year deals at this point, and you consume $40 million of the team's payroll. Yeah, that's fine. That's Especially fine. Especially for these big, big money teams. Even Scherzer to an extent, because I think yeah. his was like three years. And, again, they're big money teams, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But the risk, especially for this ball club, I think it's just too much to – to outweigh the positive. I think Richie P is spot on right here when he says, for those that think Stu wants to stay in St. Pete, he would have already inked a deal if he did. On the flip side, does he want the development deal? Yes. He wants the raise in Tampa and development deal in St. Pete. Yeah, this is exactly what I've been saying for a while is, in, in, you know, he, he hoodwinked the mayor, you know, to get the development rights, right, with Heinz. Without, I mean, it, <laughs> What we what we warned against from the very beginning for you, the mayor, is that, you know, so now you've picked Ray's Hines to 
to have the development rights in downtown St. Petersburg. But what you didn't include in that was the assurance that they would build a stadium there. So on this day, and this was why we laughed at the whole freaking um, big pomp and circumstance about, oh, we picked the Rays and Hines, and yeah, it's just great. We're going to put the stadium down here, and the Rays are staying, and let's bring out the band, and woo, woo, woo. So what's the deal in the stadium? Oh, we don't have one yet. We're still talking to Tampa. What? (laughs) What, Excuse me? Mama, excuse me? You don't have a deal with the the stadium? That's the whole thing, right, is that. You're gonna have a stadium there, right? The Rays are staying. That's, you know, if you pick the Rays to to have the development rights, you would certainly assure us that they're going to build a stadium there, right? Before you gave them the development rights, right? Oh no! Oh, there's like on the day we announce it, the Rays are still saying at the press conference, "Oh yeah, we're still talking to Tampa." <laughs> it's laughable. It's literally laughable that that you would do that. Because so now the Rays can just say, you know what? We'd rather build a stadium over there. Let's come up. We've got the development rights. Here's our idea for this, and we're going to make a crap ton of money off of this, and we're going to make money in Tampa. So, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't begrudge them that. That's that's smart business if you can do it. And I think that's – I think you're right, Richie, and, and we're right. We've been saying this for a long time. I think he's going to get the best, best of both worlds. I don't think he wants to build in St. Petersburg. I think, in fact, we know he wants to build in Tampa. I think the only way the deal gets done in St. Petersburg is if Tampa just throws up their hands, if Hillsborough County just says, forget it, they want too much, we can't get the deal done, we're not going to give you a blank check. Um, you know, I think if, if the Rays are at, in the least bit reasonable, if they if they come through with their promise to pay for half the stadium, in, in Hillsborough County, that deal gets done. That deal would have been done four or five years ago if they'd have paid for half of the stadium then, but they did not want to do that. So Hillsborough County doesn't have, when you say Hillsborough County doesn't have any money or they're, well, they're, no, they're not going to give you a blank check, but they want you to partner with them and be a, a community partner. You'll make a ton of money. The, the, the public will get their public money back in terms of, um, recouping that in property taxes and development taxes and the fact that they'll have that cash flow and that that velocity of cash going through that area because you get so many people coming there for 81, if not 150 events a year. So, yeah, that, and that's a, that's a great public-private partnership. That's the way it's supposed to work, like it did in Atlanta, like it did in Texas. Um, all right, so I think we're good on that. Uh, hold on. Let me get this one more from Jordan here. Uh, how does Mar- Mayor Welch have so much executive power in St. Pete? Do they not put stuff to a vote for this stuff? Yeah, the city council is going to vote on this. And right now they're negotiating the, the stadium piece in secret because the Rays have asked to do that um, or, or the mayor has asked to do. Somebody's pushing this agenda to do this in secret. And they're making a big fanfare of, of the fact that they're skirting the sunshine laws to do it which I think is ridiculous, but so yeah, the mayor, the mayor is, and there's not going to be a public vote on this because if there were a public vote on this to spend $800 million of public money on a stadium, it would fail miserably (laughs) in Pinellas County. It would probably be 60, 40, if not 70, 30, in my opinion, Um, it would never pass uh, with that much money given to, to a billionaire. Nope. I don't think it would. All right. uh, We'll take a break. We're going to come out back on the other side and, Hmm. 
Is Aaron Judge cheating? Are the Yankees cheating? Hmm, interesting. How many home runs did he hit last year? Wow, that was an anomaly. Huh, okay. Well, we'll find out what's going on here because we actually have evidence to support our charges that the Yankees and Aaron Judge are cheating. All right, we're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group Bay Area Modern Medical Center. In our first hour, we will be back with those allegations next. Are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use they will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results folks i've been on testosterone therapy for over six years and it is a life changer you will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to bammc.com tell them jp sent you for priority scheduling that's 844-977-3477 or bammc.com jp here for the jeeves law group have you been injured in an accident in an auto accident truck accident motorcycle accident at work or at a place of business Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance 
free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here. Um, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group. If you have any legal issues, the Jeeves Law Group is the place to go, especially if you've had an accident or your car has been totaled and you did not get a settlement that you thought was fair. You probably have a case because that's what insurance companies do. The Jeeves Law Group can help you out there. J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Give them a call and figure out if you have a case and how they can handle that for you. Also, by Bay Area Modern Medical Center, Chris Lugo and his medical team over there will take great care of you. They do things differently. They don't just treat the symptoms with a pill. They look at the root causes and fix those causes, and so you are you are come out healthy, not just getting addicted to one drug or the other. That's uh, uh, they, They're looking at a modern approach to this, not the old approach. So go to BAMMC.com, get an appointment, and find out why they are different at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Um, all right, let me just clean up a couple things here on the stadium before we move into Judge because there was a couple interesting um, comments here. Thomas Casper said, Sternberg told the Times November 15th that the initial ballpark number for the team contribution to the estimated $800 million project on the Ybor City site would be $150 million, but that could change. Yeah, that $150 million is an old, old number. Um, the, the Rays have been willing to pay half for quite some time. I don't know why they didn't do it back in 2018. Well, I do know because he wanted to carry this out as long as he could because he makes a ton of money at Tropicana Field, doesn't pay any money for a stadium. Um Ergo, that's why he's, he's brought it out here to the final deadline. So that 150 number is is no longer accurate. Um, it did change. Anything else that we need to get here? Oh, um, this one, a question from Kevin. JP, I know Tampa is preferred, but what are your thoughts on St. Pete attendance now that the Rays are actually marketing the team? I know you've noticed. Oh, absolutely. It's great that they're now marketing the team, but this is a blip. Uh, most of those uh, numbers have been weekend games. So I think they had – you know, of their first 12 games, nine of them were on the weekend. So that's going to obviously the average attendance. And you're seeing these midweek games as we go further. The attendance is higher, and that's great. But it's not it's not sustainable long term. Um, so, yeah, I just, again, those this is a 25-year evidence that we have. It's, you know, a couple of months of the team coming off into a historic start. Don't forget that. It's a historic start. It's not going to happen every year. The team is going to get bad again. That's just the way the cycle goes. So, yeah, I don't, I don't put much credence in that. It's great to see it, and it just proves to me more than anything that it'll work even better on the Tampa side. That's what it proves to me. Is you know the people, and I've always thought this was the most ridiculous notion. Oh, doesn't matter if they move to Tampa. Attendance won't change. <laughs> doesn't matter if you move your restaurant from a place where there's 600,000 people within 30 minutes as opposed to 2.4 million. It, it, it won't change. I mean, <laughs> if you haven't heard, location's kind of important to real estate and stadiums and what have you. Of course it's going to change dramatically if you change the location. So, yeah. All right, so let's move on to a very interesting development last night. So it, it was the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Aaron Judge is up at bat. He'd already hit a home run, right? And the two broadcasters, which I should – Gary Thorne and no, – uh, uh, Shulman and Buck Martinez. Shulman and Buck Martinez. Okay. Nash, these are these are Toronto broadcasters, right? Or was this a national broadcast? Toronto. But these guys obviously also do national broadcasts. They're not 
They're, this is not one of the one of the more well thought of broadcasting duos in the game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. These guys have been along the, around the game a long time. They don't say these things lightly. But the evidence here is overwhelming, and we're going to put the video up if you haven't seen it, and just listen. And, and what they're talking about here is Aaron Judge after the sign is given, each and every time. The time the timing here is important, okay? Because you're going to hear Aaron Judge's try to with his lame ass uh, excuse afterwards. It's right after the, the sign is given and the pitcher is about to deliver, his eyes divert to the dugout for about a full count, and then back to the pitcher. And it happens at the same time, looking at the same place. So we'll go. A long hold here by Jackson. And it's two and two. All right, Buck. So you and I looked at each other at the same moment right when we saw this three yeah. pitches ago. Watch what he's looking at. Yeah. What is that? Where's he looking? Where's he looking? And he did and it more than once. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really unusual. Looking into the dugout. But you and I both looked at each other when yeah. we saw that. Like, like did you see what I saw? Yeah. And you don't want to go, you know, throwing allegations around without knowing, but now. Nah. And you know what? Yeah, I, I have had guys look back when I was catching, and, and you obviously could see it, and he, he couldn't see the catcher with the way he was looking right there. Yeah, just did it again. And he pummeled it. He hit it a country mile for his second home run of the night. again he's looking at something and then the next move is that powerful swing and he blasts one to center field i've not seen that before with him no i've not ever no. seen that and we've both seen him yeah, a lot do you think he's trying to see if he can see kirk if kirk's away catch him yeah, I, you know, I don't it's know. more likely to be a slider if Kirk's in and he can't see him. It's more likely to be a fastball. But the way his head was, I don't know that he could see the catcher just looking like that. He couldn't. They're they're spot on here. They're a hundred percent spot on. Um, it's very unusual. And you know, again, these are two guys that have been around baseball a long, long time. And when they say they both looked at each other simultaneously, this is odd. It's very, very odd. And, you know, we, we now have – we've moved into the electronic age with Pitchcom. There, you know, there were some people thinking that the Rays were tapping into Pitchcom and trying to figure out why they're hitting so much better this year than they were last year. I get – you know, the offense this year is so much better than it was last year. But if you look at the individual players, other than maybe Taylor Walls, there is no dramatic – they're not outdoing what they are capable of doing. Let me just put it that way. They're all have a lot of them are having good years at the same time. That is true, but again, if you're going to have if you're going to make cheating allegations, you need to look to find something like this, where there's some actual proof that something unusual is going on. And to me, there's no question. Now you said in this app because he was on that that breaking pitch. I'm not going to say it was the greatest breaking pitch ever. It was no. out over the middle of the play. No, there's there's so much context to kind of add to this. And, and right. number one. 
is Aaron Boone got ejected during this at-bat. Prior to this happening, Aaron Boone was ejected for arguing balls and strikes. So the Yankees dugout, which is, I would describe, a vibrant one typically, even when they're winning and losing. There's a lot of noise always coming out of that dugout. Because Josh Donaldson's in there. Yeah, of course. And that pitching coach. Yeah. Yeah. So they were pretty heated at it still, even though Boone was ejected. And I think they were shouting the entire time during judges at bat. And there's some of the context there of why he might have been doing that little side eye, the wandering eye kind of. And the other things to consider to context, and this is just in regards to the the situation. Uh, This pitcher, Jay Jackson, I believe his name is. This is a journeyman pitcher. I have never heard of this guy until last night. He's famous now, obviously. Uh, So he's not the greatest pitcher in the world. Uh, He threw Aaron Judge six sliders in a row in this at bat. And if you look at that, where that one was located, it's not exactly where I want to throw a pitch to Aaron Judge, especially after I've thrown five sliders already and he's Mm -hmm. gotten a good look at all. Timed it up, yeah. Uh, Aaron Judge also hit 62 home runs last year, set the American League record, uh, and he's Aaron freaking Judge. Yeah. I don't think Aaron Judge needs help in these situations necessarily, and I don't think he was doing this whole thing with the eye and his other at-bats, nor was anybody else on the Yankees, and that would bring into question why are you doing it now when you're already up 6 to nothing? It's not a game anymore. Right. Whereas why, would, why wouldn't you do it earlier in the, in the game when it was actually competitive? So there's the context to that. But was he doing it earlier? Did they just not notice it? Uh, if he was doing it, I don't. Tape? Not that I've seen. Not yeah. that I've seen anybody has noticed that he was doing this right. until this at bat. Yeah, this is by no means an open and shut case. But I'm saying there is some evidence suggests that something unseemly was going on, and um, you know, and and there, as one of our um, commenters said, it could be a tipping pitches. That's immediately what I thought right. it was right yeah. away. And when it comes to tipping pitches. That's just gamesmanship. Yeah, but I don't. But I don't have a problem with pitches, that. Tipping pitches. The way that works is the guy who's going up to bat is the one looking for the tip because they've already discussed it in the dugout. Hey, typically, yeah. His, 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 you know, when he holds his glove up to his shoulder, he goes, or when he goes in early to get the grip, he's going in early. He's tipping the pitch. There's no reason to look in the dugout. You're looking at the pitcher for that, right? Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, unless there's somebody in the dugout that says, "Just look at me. I'll tell you what. It, I'll tell you what's coming." I mean that's 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 something else that could be done, but again, it, you know, this is, at least at least we have some evidence and something to go on. That Listen, that, that's if, I, if if anybody wants to go down that route, you have more, you have a lot more here in this one clip yeah. than you have with anything else on the race. If you right. want to, if you want to go down those routes, right? Exactly. So, um, but I wonder what uh, Carton and Roberts are going to say about this. Probably not much, and I will say too. By the way, I mean, they better pitch, say something about in, it. In regards to the whole tipping pitches thing, and it usually coming from the batter, um, I don't know if this guy's ever faced how many times this guy has faced the Yankees lineup. Again, he's a he's a thirty five year old journeyman that I don't know how many people know who this guy is. Is it possible they just don't have like everybody in that lineup, including Aaron Judge, just doesn't have that information right there ready? Like, hey, if he puts this here, you know the slider's coming or whatever. Is it possible they just don't know, and then somebody in the dugout picked up on it after he threw them six in a row or five in a row? Sure, anything's possible. But to me, the preponderance of the evidence suggests that he's getting tipped off from somebody in the dugout what's, dugout what's coming. Now, to me, how easy is that for someone to be, you know, it, it's so easy these days. There's, there's so many feeds that you can get on a game and see where a pet catcher is setting up. It's so easy to do it. But it is weird. It's six to nothing. Like, what are you doing? It's six to nothing. That's a, if he wasn't doing it earlier at bats, 
you know that, that that's interesting how and it's so dramatic how have we not noticed this before you know if it's something that they've been doing regularly not so never I, seen anybody do yeah, it in yeah, general so possibly. i don't you know that that's what tells me that this is not something that's ongoing cheating i'm not up here saying oh you're in judge you know you know, that's why he hit 62 last year. No, I'm not, say, not well, saying that. Well, let's listen to what Judge had to say after the game. Okay. The, um, the Blue Jays broadcast appeared to catch you looking um, at, uh, it was unclear where, but maybe at the first base coach or the catcher for location. Was there anything going on there as far as uh, what where you were looking during that time? For when? Um, right before you hit your second home run in the game. Yeah, it was kind of a lot of chirping from our our dugout, which I really didn't like in the situation where it's a six nothing game and I know Booney got tossed. Like I was trying to save Booney by calling timeout, like, "Hey, hold up here, like let me let me work here." So I was kind of trying to see who was who was chirping in the dugout. So it's six nothing. Like let's Booney got tossed. Let's let's go to work now. Teammates kind of checking on your Yankees teammates. Yeah, I'm kind of looking like who's who's still talking here. It's, it's six nothing, and our manager got tossed. He did his job. Like, let's go back to playing ball. You feel that's unnecessary in that situation with that score? You know, I like Booney sticking up for me, and I, he he always does. Uh, but I feel like after the manager does his thing, it's it's like fellas, like you know, our pitcher still got to go out there and make some pitches. Like let's. You know, we got the lead. Let's let's just go to work here. So it kind of, I said a couple of things to some guys in the dugout, and especially after the game. But um, you know, hopefully it won't happen again. Well, I tell you what, I like that part of it. You know, yeah, shut up. You know why? The Yankees just are always. It seems like they're always bitching about something. Yeah, that's what I say. Right? It doesn't matter if they're Such winning or losing. They've got asses. something to say. God, would like would Kevin Couch really raise hell in a six nothing game like no. that? No. No, but you know what it is? You know what it is? It's it's the insecurity of a manager who knows at any moment it could be over for him. Yeah. And he's trying to show that he's sticking up for his team. Yeah, and yeah. I think they're very tight all the time and maybe that's why some of these these things kind of happen with this team. And of course, that's a larger point from the right. first point, yeah. but I just that's an aside that I'm going to throw in there with the Yankees cuz I got to get my jabs in a little bit. Uh but I've said this before. It's like Aaron Judge to me <clears throat> is the most likable Yankee. He is the most likable Yankee, and he's the poster boy of the Yankees. Imagine that. The best player on that team, the one who makes all the money, is the most likable player Agreed. on that team. Agreed. I got nothing bad to say about Aaron Judge. And when no. I heard that explanation, I went, okay. I, this was me last night. I went, okay, non-issue, because I could buy that from Aaron Judge, and I feel like that's a real thing. And, I, and Explain to me why the timing. Right after the pitch is given and the and the pitcher comes set, and by the way, this particular pitcher would set for three or four seconds before delivering the pitch. Why? So you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, if you just well, I guess you just saw it. He's, he, the pitch him, and then he looked into the dugout right after the catcher. You know, the catcher setting up just a fraction after that. It's right after the pitch has been settled on. So if you're you know if you're if you're if he's stealing signs, you know you got you know the, obviously the center field camera you can see because i think somebody mentioned in here that they weren't using pitch comp yeah so um so if they weren't using pitch comp, then they were getting signals and using signals they could have stole the signals and he was getting that so if he's looking at people chirping why are you looking into the dugout only right after the pitch has been given 
It, it's the sign has been given. It is curious. It is. I'm not going to say it's not curious, but I will say, like, if Toronto's broadcast doesn't point it out, does it ever really even become a thing? Well, I think if you're watching on television and they give you the close-up shot like that, I think everybody would go, whoa, what the hell? Just like you did and I did. It's, it's dramatic. You don't see guys do that it, at that particular time of day at bat. You're staring at the pitcher. Again, maybe, maybe, again maybe I'm the more I – mean, we've already established this on the show. I'm the more maybe naive person, and I try to look things differently. Yeah. And I'm just you're, not – You haven't been st- – Stained like these old men like myself. Yeah, you know, and I've seen, seen what's out there. I'm not buying. I just for one second can't buy that Aaron Judge would for one second go down that route. I just can't. And everything that he said there in that minute and a half explanation to me lines up with who Aaron Judge is. You got a bunch of music. I mean, you talk about the timing of it. I mean, he's awaiting the pitch, right? And he's obviously taking this very serious. He's got his game face on and everything. He's ready to go. And right before he's trying to do that, he's got a bunch of knuckleheads in the dugout you know who are I, spouting for no reason. You know who I loved more than almost any baseball player for such a long time? Because he, he just played with such a flair and was so much fun. Here we go. I know exactly who you're going to say. Who? Pete Rose. Well, yeah, he's one of them. I love Pete Rose. Wow. <laughs> one of the biggest cheaters in the game. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. I love me some Sammy Sosa. Hey, the hop, the, just the love of the game. And then that that fateful day against the Rays, that bat exploded, and it was filled with nothing but cork. <laughs> they all cheat. If they can cheat, they cheat. And they're like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But everybody in baseball. But given, but given what happened. Is with, trying to get an edge. But given Rather, what but happened. There are some with, that go over the line yeah. and cheat. And that's if he's looking for a sign, if somebody's getting him a sign electronically and he's looking into the dugout and he's getting it, that's cheating. And I don't put it past Aaron Judge or anybody else in the in hell. You know why? Because you know what happens when you hit 62 home runs? You get $360 million. It's $360 million. And you can justify it by saying, the Astros were cheating. The Red Sox were cheating. Now the Rays are cheating. Everybody feels like if you're, everybody's getting an edge. Everybody's trying to get an edge. And if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And it's you justify it because you think everybody else is doing it. And you know, if somebody told me the Rays were doing some shenanigans, bring me some evidence, though. Bring me some evidence besides, oh, they're having a great year. That that does that's not evidence. Okay, bring me some evidence. This is what I would say. Have, have I accused Aaron Judge of cheating before? No. No. I see something like this. My spidey antenna goes up a little bit. My spidey sense says, uh, what's he doing? You know, is there some hot chick in row four? No, no. Otherwise, he'd be looking while he's, you know, out of the batter's box. No, he that that whole explanation that he just gave does not hold water. Because he's looking at the time that he's looking over there. Because those guys don't chirp right after they get the pitch sign. They're chirping the whole damn time, right? They're not chirping at one particular time and he's going to look over there. At that particular moment, right after the pitch is given and the, and the pitcher goes to the set. That doesn't hold water, bro. I, I'd like to have faith and, you know, it's nice that you have. But don't be naive. Don't be a sucker. 
Open your freaking eyes, all right? Come on. Open your eyes. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying your explanation. Well, I'm, sticking, it, I'm sticking to mine. Explain the timing. I just told you my timing. No, explain him. So when he get right after the pitch. It's one thing three, It's one thing to chirp during in at bat, right, when the pitcher is still doing his thing or whatever, right? And I understand to, all that, but why, is it, why isn't he looking over there other times? I just told I just told you it's one thing to do it there, but when you're doing it and you're loud and obnoxious, like while the pitcher is literally like already set and ready to go, I feel like as a batter I'm going to be like, "What are y'all doing?" And he's almost giving him the the way he stares at him. He's almost giving them like the death stare. Like he's not, you know. To me, it's like curveball, fastball. <laughs> this guy didn't throw a fastball. <laughs> I thought there was something else coming. But he could be getting location as well. I, to me, there's there's something there's something shady going on there. Something shady is going on there. But I'm not I'm not sitting here like like Carton and Roberts and disparaging, you know, that he's just a horrible scumbag of a player and they're cheating and who are these guys? Aaron Judge is a great ball player. He's phenomenal. We love Aaron Judge, even if he wears the wrong uniform. But that is shady. That's some shady shit. Ain't no doubt about it. And, and Bam Shulman wouldn't have mentioned it. And Buck Showalter wouldn't have mentioned it. Buck Showalter. Buck Martinez. Buck Martinez wouldn't have mentioned it if there wasn't something that was shady. These guys have been in the game a long time. And that deafening silence that you heard as he rounded the bases was them saying, we've said what we have to say. And I'm just going to say in reading a little body language that uh, maybe it wasn't. Don't hang an 84-mile-per-hour slider to Aaron Judge. How about that? that? That's, that's another thing. All right, well, the Yankees just cut off my, my camera here, so uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come <laughs> powers that be. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, and I'll get my camera back up and working, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the box, and Kurt Weiler's going to join us live from Amelia Island uh, where the ACC meetings are going on as the FSU and has created a magnificent seven. Could they be leaving the league? We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches at Bay Area Modern Medical Center you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813 813- 294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now. Somebody 
knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's... your patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show, brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and Bay Area Modern Medical Center and Italiano Insurance. Get that insurance checkup right now so you guys can save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. 813 877 99. Uh, all right, let's welcome in from the Osceola and Rivals Networks, Kurt Weiler, uh, who is at the ACC meetings in beautiful Amelia Island, Florida. What's <laughs> up, Kurt? How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It is it is beautiful, and I'm uh, stuck in a lobby waiting for people to come out of meetings I'm not allowed to be in. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> uh, well, if you have to go, we understand. Just say, hey, got to go. They're coming out, and uh, off you go. No problem at all. Um, so I pick up, um, go to the Osceola and I read this article yesterday that they, there has been a magnificent seven created. I'm so excited about this. It's a new superhero movie, but no, uh, it's a group of these ACC schools that are trying to get out of this ridiculous grant of rights deal that goes through, uh, 2090 and, uh, it gives FSU about 50 cents on the dollar of what they should be earning. Get, get us up to date on what exactly, um, is going on here with this. Yeah, so it's an interesting situation to be sure, and the, the timing of it was, it was interesting. I mean, it kind of uh, started breaking kind of right as ACC meetings were beginning yesterday, where I think Brett McMurphy kind of put out the report, and I know Ross Bellinger was Sports Illustrated. It also kind of – he'd reported without naming – I think it's it's uh, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, who you would expect, and then I think that those are the three you'd expect, and North Carolina, NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, and – it bears mentioning that not necessarily are they trying to break the GOR. I think it's just that they've kind of, as a group, met with lawyers to explore how breakable it is. And I mean, it does bear mentioning, I think, really for a, a few years now, schools have been trying to do that. It's not new that that schools are trying to, to see how, to kind of test how how truly, like, locked in that GOR is. Because like you said, I mean, it goes through 2036, I think, uh, the SEC and Big Ten are, are like starting new television deals within the next year or two, and then I think are going to be able to go to the table again and probably get even more money before the Florida State before the ACC is up again, just because of how crazy that deal was signed near the end of John uh, John Swafford's tenure uh, atop the ACC. But yeah, I think it's it, it, it's interesting, no doubt. I mean, the timing is especially interesting coming right as yeah. there's going to be a lot of talk about revenue sharing that that and things of that sort here in Amelia. 
Hey, Kirk, tell everybody what the grant of rights is and, and, and how FSU is locked into it and how it puts them and other teams at a disadvantage vis-a-vis the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, it's basically it's an agreement that, that is signed with a television network that, that through 2036, ESPN is agreeing to uh, – pay each school, like distribute a certain amount for kind of the television deal each year. And I think it comes out right now to about, I think this last year they reported 2020, the 2020, 2021 fiscal year, each ACC school got about $36 million for the, uh, for, for television deal compared to, I think the, the, the deals that the big 10 and the SEC are signing now, each school is going to get uh, between somewhere in the 60 to maybe even $70 million a year. Uh, neighborhood annually so it kind of creates a, a discrepancy that when you're a Florida State when you're a Clemson will will make it hard to uh, compete nationally I mean when you're at such a, a deficit and that's why I mean Michael Alford's been the Florida State AD has been pretty vocal about kind of speaking up for the need for unequal revenue sharing and for I mean the teams like Florida State like Clemson that kind of have bring bring eyes to the conference and and are kind of the premier brand, if you will, they should kind of be compensated uh, as such. But I mean, the wakes and Boston colleges of the world might not see it that way. And the problem really, I mean, like you said, part of why Texas and Oklahoma were able to leave the big 12 so easily and why UCLA and USC were able to leave the PAC 12 so easily, are that they both were kind of in the final years of those television deals. Like Grant right. I mean, it goes through 2036. And if Florida State or Clemson were to try and buy their way out, they would forfeit all their television rights through 2036. It would probably be upwards of, of $500 million they're having to pay slash give up to leave. So, I mean, it's just kind of at this point in time, not feasible as things currently stand unless you find it, found a way out of it. Right. And, and Kurt, I, I have talked to a couple of people that have knowledge of this situation. And the sense I get is that it's very difficult, but they seem to see that there is a legal avenue. And, and what I'm getting at here is if there is some case to be made that there is some legal avenue. So, okay, now you have, you know, basically your, your member schools are at odds with the, the conference itself. And there is big, big money involved in here. So, I mean, these are very sensitive discussions and I imagine they get pretty ugly at times. Um, so what it's my, I guess my question is how is this magnificent seven separated themselves from the others are they the ones that are saying we're going hardcore with this and maybe the other ones aren't don't have the stomach for it or don't feel they have the legal ability to do it um or they just have a different legal opinion how do you do you get any sense of how these magnificent seven have separated themselves and why well they're the seven who definitely i think be it in i mean i don't think all seven have spots kind of waiting for them in the sec or big ten you know, I think some of them, there's reason to think the SEC or Big Ten might want to add some of that group, but not all of that group. But it seems like a group that, I mean, yeah. wants to commit on a higher level financially to football and probably that see a, a better situation for them, even if it's not in the ACC somewhere else. I mean, that's that's what you yeah. you could see. I mean, does Virginia Tech have a spot in one of those big two? Probably not, but maybe they could be a part of if there's more Big 12 expansion or if there's Pac-12 expansion that could lead to a, a bigger deal than they have now. I think right. those not a part of that, it's easy to see why they're kind of in their best-case scenario right now, and they're probably not without, especially kind of the big brands of the ACC. There's not a world where they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're making yeah. $36 million a year in television revenue 
because of a lot of what other schools are doing, you know? Yeah, I, I think it seems kind of obvious, but I but I also I wanted to get your take on that if, if there was some other uh, something else that was going on there. And and as, do you get any sense of how is there something that could happen today uh, in the very near future, or you think this is just the first kind of salvo that maybe they want to put some public pressure on the on the conference to to do something? Yeah, I think the the Florida State fan base has definitely uh, talked about thinking like pushing for the uh, like the notion that they're under they were understanding that if you got kind of eight that it would void the grant of rights. And I'm not sure that's true. I think what it would could lead to if someone really tried to push, it would be a long drawn out legal battle. Yeah. But so I, I think what, what is possible coming out of this week, I mean, I think how vocal Michael Alford's been about unequal revenue sharing, I think tell tells you in my opinion that, that he isn't under the impression that they're getting out anytime soon. I'm not sure he'd be pounding the table so heavily to kind of get a bigger piece of the pie or split it unequally. If he thought there was a path out of the ACC in the near future. But I think what could come out of that, I mean, you know, Mike Alford is, is vehemently talking for and has looked at quite a few revenue sharing models for what could th- that could look like based on what teams accomplish, based on television numbers of, of teams, like especially football games is the biggest one. And, right. and so, yeah, I think what it'll be interesting to see if any if we if we hear anything revenue sharing model wise, I don't expect today for anyone to walk out and say, so-and-so is leaving like I don't think right. that's what's coming out of this but I wonder if a temporary fix of some sort uh com- comes out of this week when it comes to maybe a new revenue sharing model Kurt Weiler joining us from the Osceola part of the Rivals Network um so I don't think there's any precedent as far as I know of any team getting an unequal share more than the others within a conference is there I mean I know Texas went so- off and did their own network and that you, that is that yeah. yes that that is kind of the prime example pe- people point to and the okay. truth of the matter is it uh it it, it didn't I mean it didn't it didn't keep te- Texas in the Big Twelve long yeah, term exactly. number one and number exactly. two I don't think it it did more bad than than good in a way yeah I think I wonder the fascinating thing is I mean do you do you maybe divide the television money unequally or maybe is there other money that you you could possibly divide that wouldn't be maybe as big as the television money but could still make a bit of a difference for Florida State. The other side of that coin is, I mean, is the ACC motivated to help the Florida States and Clemson's who it would seem are going to leave at the first chance they can get? No. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of the problem is like, do you try and appease them if they've kind of been pretty vocal about or would lead you to believe that they may not be in long term longer than they have to be? Well, Kurt, I guess the other thing, you know, to talk about is this resurgent for FSU football, and they're, they're sitting in the catbird seat right now, and they have certainly have – I mean, if these discussions were going on three years ago, I think people might be chuckling a little bit, right? So I think winning does matter, and getting back in the national conversation certainly matters. And after uh, what you saw in, in spring and the collection of talent they've been able to retain and bring in, these preseason rankings, they are what they are, but I think it shows that FSU – you know, is back in in the national conversation anyway. What what are your thoughts on what you've seen just in the last year? This incredible. I, I thought this would take th- two or three years. I thought it would take three. You know, maybe two on the outside for this to happen in one year. I think is extraordinary. What Mike has done. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, it was a big. Twenty twenty two was a big year for him. I'm not sure he was going to get fired in that year if things didn't go well. But it felt like a year where if things were going to get like notably better. That that kind of had to be when it happened and yeah i mean it did in a long way it was definitely a 
I mean, he talks about the climb. They've gotten gradually better, and that was a pretty big, like, jump, if you will. He jumped yes. kind of multiple runs on the ladder, maybe. And, I mean, look at where they are now, bringing so many people back and probably going to be a top, a preseason top 10, maybe even top five team. I know, I mean, kind of the odds-on favorites to win the ACC. It's, it's going to be fascinating now. I mean, they're very quickly have gone from the, the hunter to the hunted. It's going to be fascinating how they handle that. But I think it's justified the, the hype surrounding them. I mean, they look good all, all spring. They, they, I mean, continue to bolster with kind of transfer additions, less of, less of them, but yeah. kind of at big spots where they needed instant impact guys and really flipped that tight end room, added a DB who I think is going to make a huge impact and, and a few defensive linemen as well. And yeah. I, I think the hype is, is completely valid. And speaking of, you know, kind of the transfer portal additions, it feels like there might be one more big one on the way potentially with this, this Keon Coleman from uh, Michigan State. A lot of big programs in for him. Is there an update there on where things stand and the possibility that FSU can add him to the receiver room? Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's. He's nearing a conclusion. I don't know if we've kind of heard definitively, but I know Florida State made a real positive impact. And I mean, that is. It is definitely not a need by any means. Where I mean, the receiver room, even without him, is in pretty good shape. But if you add a guy coming from Michigan State who uh, had over 700 yards and seven touchdowns last year, it's a pretty significant uh, addition to an already talented wide receiver room. Kurt, do you have any uh, any numbers on NIL NIL deals? Is there any way to get numbers on these? I bet you guys are trying at the Osceola. Can we get a web? They're can we pretty, get a web page? What do we got? They're they're pretty cagey with those. No, yeah. I don't. I don't anticipate getting those numbers. Uh, come on, the Freedom of Information Act. Anything? Nothing. We can't get any of that stuff. I think they're not like public. Like collectives aren't public organizations. So they don't fall into that like universities Dad do. it. Yeah. All right, Kurt. Hey, listen. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I know you're. Uh, I know you're busy there. We take. We appreciate you taking some time out. We will be following it. Uh, Theosceola.rivals.com. Check him out. You can read Kurt's stuff. He'll have up to a minute. Follow him on Twitter as well. What's your Twitter handle again? Uh, it's Kurt C U R T M. The letter M Weiler. Okay. W E I L E R. So he'll be tweeting as soon as they come out. He'll have pictures. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will. <laughs> Thank it should you, be Kurt. here around lunchtime. All right, Kurt. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, live right. from Amelia Island, the ACC. Uh, meetings there we you know th- back in the old days they used to do this acc kickoff where they invite all the media up and uh we'd go to like the Greenbrier, which is up in west virginia where they play the pga tournament most god most beautiful resort um which has a bunker underneath it where the president goes in case of nuclear war if you didn't know that that was used to be i don't <laughs> think they use it anymore but um a beautiful place we did uh kiowa island it was first time i ever went to kiowa island and they bring us all in put us up you know, and then we'd play the ocean course and two other courses and the ACC. Would the Don't they? They still like, do though. They still do that though. It's I, probably I, not gonna, as, I should have asked them if I they still like do that up in. That's the just like the big media days, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, usually those are before, uh, like right before the season starts. I don't know. What, I don't think that's this what these meetings are. Yeah, because didn't the SEC? I think the SEC did, does one in like the spring, right? Yeah. And they just had theirs. Yeah. What is it? In West Palm Beach or? Yeah, we did Amelia Island one year too. Beautiful resort there. Very much like Kiowa, right on the right on the ocean. Oh, it's good stuff. Um, but I, I think this is just and the people that I've talked to who have very very good knowledge of this these grant of rights contracts, especially at Florida State, they do feel like there is an out. Um, but you know that's just a legal opinion. Everybody has their opinions, and lawyers, you know, they see what they want to see. But and certainly FSU has an argument. That I mean, Wake Forest gets the same. I should use Wake Forest because they've been kicking FSU's ass for so long. 
But some of these smaller schools, and it's interesting that Duke is not in the Magnificent Seven because Duke's football program doesn't get to that level. And most of the other teams don't have the football level. Where that, does Virginia get to that level? I don't know. Hey, when was the know. last time Virginia has been a player in, in college know. football? I mean, a couple moments here and there. and uh, But, yeah, I don't. I just, I hate it. I hate it. I hate all of it. Yeah. I, I don't like the ACC, for better or worse, is a basketball is a basketball conference. It always has been. And I don't like that we're just going to throw these rivalries. Gonna, I know, I'm not going to say that. That's oh, not. Okay, Clemson, maybe. Clemson won, what, two national titles, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know. Florida State's won one in 2013. Historically, though, historically, historically, this yes. is a basketball conference. Yes. It's still a, it's still a, a very blue bloody kind of basketball conference, right? Yeah. And, and college I don't, basketball's popularity has just gone down the tubes. Well, I don't like that we're just taking Duke and North Carolina and we're just splitting that up. Now, no, right? I don't like. And that I either. and I guess this is part of you know this is the times now. These rivalries just don't mean much to people anymore. Apparent, apparently. It's, it's that we're look, comfortable with just splitting everything up like this. Look, it's the same issue. You know, this is literally the wild, wild west. You know, it's it's complete anarchy in college sports right now. It's anarchy. It's get, it's get what you can get. There are no rules. There's the NCAA has zero teeth anymore. They can't do anything. These big conferences are running themselves. And it's it's just the wild wild NIL is what is completely uncontrolled. We and like Kurt says, it can't you can't even get the numbers on players. Um, this Michigan State guy is throwing himself out there for for you know the highest bidder, yeah, and just getting the money. I don't blame him. Go, no, go I get mean, yours, look man. at the the Hunter Dickinson. I'm sure you yeah. the Michigan player. He said, listen, if anybody, if any one of you got offered to get a such such whatever number he said yeah. a pay raise. Yes. And especially when you're in college, you're going to take it. Yes. End of story. I don't begrudge these, call- these, these fan bases. They're like, oh, dude, you're just taking the money. Like, shut the F you know up, what? bro. You're playing is- a sport where your career could be over on one play. And you can grab a million, a million and a half, you know, t- you're two million. right I'm taking you, Everybody at the damn, if, you, if you're not taking it, you're a freaking idiot. If you're staying there because you think you're betrothed to Michigan and you're a Michigan man, I mean, that's, that should be like, okay. If you're an FSU guy, if I if you're an FSU guy and some and, and Georgia offers you a million and a half, and FSU is offering you a million and a quarter, you know, and says and, and and you you know I would expect you to stay with your team that brought you in, that is you know all I would I would expect I know two hundred fifty grand's a lot yeah. I get it but I would expect you to like okay then then I'd say can we get a little bit of loyalty here but if you, if if Georgia's offering you a million and a half and FSU is offering you like five hundred thousand. Then you gotta go. You know, who knows? Maybe that you gotta just go. maybe that just happened in the case of the the number one overall player this year, uh, Dylan Riola. And yesterday he committed to Georgia. Yeah, he was originally committed to Ohio State. And you know he puts his statement out there. You know the more the process went on, they love to use that word, the oh, process. God. And the more it went on, I was just more the more Georgia's, money I got, more Georgia yeah, came up on their offer. Yeah, but he has to put it out there. Georgia's <laughs> culture and this and that. Come on, we. And I and I don't care. I'm by sure the that's way. part of it. Uh, okay. But well, I, but, you but know. my point is, I don't care. I don't care. No. Go get your money. Go get your money. You fought. We fought hard to get college athletes' money, right? Well, We've come so long, early way. Go get it. Yeah. And also, when it comes to NIL, and people are so jealous when certain people get NIL money. Mm-hmm. Face the facts, folks. If you are a personality, you are beautiful and or handsome. 
and you are really good at what you do, probably great, you are going to get massive money in NIL. Yeah. Because that's what everybody's losing their mind right now because Angel Reese, the LSU player, is like making absolutely crazy amounts of money. She's on Sports Illustrated swimsuit covers. I think she signed. Her. I think she signed with Mercedes and all that. Everybody's got a problem with it, right? Who's got a problem? Everybody's with got that? a problem with it. Why? Uh, for what? It's jealousy, man. That's it's what just, it is. It's, it's all jealousy. Yeah, it's jealousy. But those but, three uh, things, you're they, always going to get the bag. What are they based on? Like, oh, you're a college athlete, you shouldn't be making money. That's the stupidest thing ever. Well, people think that she's propped up. And it's not my words. It's other people. People think that she's been propped up because of her. she's very out there with her personality and that she's made herself famous and that her play is not lined up to it. Yeah, and That's she, what and people she, think. You know, oh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's some controversial stuff in the championship games. Yes. And, and, and fine. Look, I, I get all that. And, and if you don't – so that just means you don't like her personality. You know, but yeah, but be, you have to understand that personality. That personality combined with the other things I just said—that's how you get the bag. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And, and anybody that's arguing against that is just jealous. Yeah, of course. And if you don't agree with their, you know, politics or anything else like that, it's it, it it's not for you to agree with. If, if the company wants to give her the money, she gets the money. And you know, and that's you know, you don't want to support the company. That's your that's your deal. Yeah, and l- think about it. This she, it's a great thing almost, especially for a female basketball player, that you can stay four years or five years, whatever, in college. You make more money, and you make a hell of a lot more than you're going to make when you sign your first contract to the crazy? WNBA. That's why Caitlin Clark stayed in school. That's why Angel probably stayed in school. You're making a lot of money. I mean, more money because yeah, I think co- the, a collegiate athlete, collegiate athlete on 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 the cover of Sports Illustrated swimsuit. When has that ever happened before? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't. And, and it's great. And it's great that these players can go out there and do this now and make the money instead of the school making the money. Think about that. In the old days, that's the school getting the publicity. You know what's funny about this whole, this whole topic, and this is more pro, but I watched this movie the other day, and I recommend it, is the movie Air. Have you seen it yet? No, I was going to watch it last night, but I was just exhausted. And no, I want to watch is, a little bit of the hockey game. It is fantastic. Yeah. I, I probably won't watch a better movie this year, to be honest. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because um, the main character in there, uh, Matt Damon, plays – oh, God, I forgot his name. Um, the, the Nike guy. What's his name in, in real life? Phil Knight. Not Phil Knight. The, the one that did the deal. Oh, the one that did the – I can't think of his name. Oh, it's uh, Vaccaro? Yeah, Sonny Vaccaro. Sonny Vaccaro. Oh, God, brain fart. There you go. So uh, Z and Sonny Vaccaro were tight. Still, like they, he, they're good friends, and I met Sonny Vaccaro when he would come into FSU, see Sam Cassell and Charlie Ward and Doug Edwards and Bob Bob Sir, all their number one picks, and we 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 were a Nike uh, team at that time. So Z knows Sonny Vaccaro very well, very very well. Mm-hmm. So we'll get him on the show and see if we, you know, yeah, it, it, it's a great but movie, what's, right? Yeah, what's fascinating and not spoiling it or anything. This is like public knowledge already it's crazy how even going into the pros when he was signing his deals and this was 1983 84 i want to say right mm-hmm. 84 when he was drafted yeah that when you sign these agreements with these companies the shoot the sneakers and all that it wasn't that player that would profit necessarily off of his likeness when he signed that shoe deal and i didn't really know that until i watched the movie and apparently this has been this had been going on and jordan was the first one to put an end to that because his mom kind of said, you know, I feel like my son should get should reap the rewards of his name if you're signing him here. And because of that cut that he got out of Nike, and he was the first one to do this, and it transformed shoe deals, it's worth like $400 million or something like that to him today. Yeah. That he gets annually from Nike because he fought to get a share 
of the uh, the prophet. Did Charles shoes. Barkley give him that advice or something? Did I read something to that? To that? Maybe, but yeah. this is just from the movie. That his mom, yeah. his mom was at the forefront of this more so than his dad, and yeah. she basically said, "No, my son is going to be great, and you're going to give him the rewards to this because he's going to do all this stuff, and you're going to make billions, and my son's going to get that millions of it." Yeah, and it's just crazy though, like how far we've come from that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and you know these, you hear these deals like. You know, Alabama is a Nike school or, or I don't know which which one or they're an Adidas Nike. school or, you know, whatever they are. That money goes to the program. Yeah. Not the players. No. Which is crazy. Right. And the, and the coaches, the coaches would get money. Yeah. And, the, you know, and it's like, what are we doing? And that's and, and the end. Bring it back full circle. That's why when any player, college athlete is going out and trying to get the bag and doing what's best for them. Right. With no guarantee that they're going to be able to move on to the next level. Right. Let's be a little bit more easier on them as yeah. fan bases. I know everybody's tribal, and we love to do that kind of stuff, but let's just ease up a little and, bit. And to think about, and, and the way this worked for many, many years is through the AAU coaches. Like these AAU teams, like in New York and Miami, all these cities that would have the you know, great players would play on these AAU teams. Yeah. Well, the coaches were getting money from the shoe companies. And then funneling the money to the players because they could, they had to, if they were going to play college basketball, they had to do it under the table. Shoes, all this garb, and they'd come to the camps and they'd get stuff and that blah, blah, money under the table. You know, now that money can be on the table, which is a much better way of doing it. It's taxable income now as well. <laughs> but, uh, but they can do it now. But that was always the racket. And the players were getting, these AAU coaches were getting a ton of money. And, the players were not getting any. I want to say they weren't getting anything, but then you could take this fast forward to like five, ten years ago. The FBI did some sting investigation, you know, because the shoe companies were giving money to the coaches, and the coaches were funneling to the players to get them some money mm-hmm. to help their families. And and the FBI, as if they didn't have other things to do, are, were putting assistant college basketball coaches in jail for that. Yeah. Or how about, about that for even, even James Wiseman from, from yeah. Memphis, Memphis, if you remember that, yes. the number one overall recruit, takes, what, like $10,000, I think, that Penny Hardaway gave him, right, mm-hmm. and helped him out a little bit, and you took away his entire college career by doing that. Ridiculous. You took away his – the NCAA Ridiculous. took away his entire Well, how about what happened career. to Baba Miller at FSU? He travels over, gets $3,000 to travel to the States to play in some camps. I don't know how the hell they, they he got suspended for that in this day and age. And how did how would you know? It seems like Florida State should have made sure that was an NIL deal or something. No, I mean, the, I mean even the Bucks are a great example of, of the whole Bo Jackson thing. Oh my God! Was it was a byproduct of Joe, Bo Jackson's not a, was not a Buck as a byproduct of the NCAA's rules. Well, and because Hugh Culverhouse, and because Hugh Culverhouse played, him, played him, played him. Yeah, I said yeah. Which which you know who who got the end of that raw end of that deal? Hugh and Bucks fans. <laughs> yeah, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch air uh, tonight. Maybe uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. But there's playoff action going on. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll set up all the playoff action that's coming on. Uh, we got we got conference finals now in hockey. We got um, we got conference finals in, in basketball. So we got all kinds of stuff to hit. And yes, Jordan, we are going to talk about the PGA Championship. Uh, which is coming up this week at Oak Hill. We got a uh, text in to Gary Koch to come on. We'll have John Gerber on to make his picks on Wednesday. So, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about the PGA Championship coming up this week. We're back to uh, to golf. And your boy DJ, 
won last week in 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 a, in, in a playoff. It's a shame nobody got to see it though. Who I didn't even know about it. Cutting away from a three-team playoff to where to to play some reruns of ten-year-old shows. What are we doing? Dead in golf. Dead in the water. Let's live golf for you. All right, back in three. expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa, and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, or call 813 813- 294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Ladies and gentlemen, let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with JP. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson Show. We thank you so much for joining us each and every day. If you're joining us on YouTube, on Twitter, which Twitter TV is coming. Yeah. 
that? And also to an update. We're already on Twitter TV. We're, 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 we're trendsetters, bro. And we're on your Come on, we're, Tucker. We're on Join your... us here on Twitter, buddy. Oh, let's, let's not. Let's blow up, let's blow up uh, the Twitter universe, let's baby. Not. Yes, uh, let's and also, no, let's not. And also on RHS TV as well. You can see us on yes. the TV sets. And also, for those who have been concerned, the app is fixed as well. Yeah, update, we apologize for there. our, our – uh, we've had some issues with our app company. But Nick has, has got it worked out, so we're back and running. And uh, we can you can download the app on Apple now. Um, are we are we up on Google yet? I think you can download the app. We should but, be up on Google as well. By the way, you can always go to fanstreamsports.com or the jppetersonshow.com, and we have a live feed right there. That's always available for you as well. So Twitter, you can watch. Facebook, you can watch. And Apple YouTube, and Spotify you can watch. Uh, later Apple, in the day. Apple and Spotify. Um, we're not on live there, but you can uh, as a podcast. So please follow us on the podcast or um, subscribe, whatever whatever you're supposed to do there, and we'll get it going. You can watch us, and our numbers are, are really really been going up lately. So even in the quote off season, so um, I mean we don't have a 1.3 share, 19th in the ratings, but we're we're getting there. <laughs> Then again, you don't have to sit through eight-minute breaks. Um, and you get great content, so we're there for you. All right, we got, uh, we got some um, some basketball coming up tonight uh, as uh, the Lakers get started with the Nuggets. And uh, that's I think it's going to be a very interesting series. Um, the Joker vis-a-vis AD in the post, um, that could be interesting. Um, we got... LeBron willing his way and his team into uh, into maybe the finals. I mean, how dead were the Lakers this year? Like, they were a joke. They were the 13 seed, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. around the, tra- the trade deadline. They were a joke. Absolutely dead in the water, especially when LeBron was hurt. And they find themselves in the Western Conference Finals. Who saw that coming? I mean... The script writers at the NBA? I'm not saying I saw it coming <laughs> by any means, but uh, I'm just saying, like... Is there always something to it? You can never count out LeBron, really. Yeah. Like, he's like the one athlete you can never count out. Yeah. Until he's absolutely dead and, and dead and buried. I mean, this guy seems to find a way with the teams that he has. Even if he's not the main, the main star of the show, which I don't think he is this playoff run. I think it's actually Anthony Davis when he decides to want to care. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's the wild card. I think you're going you're gonna to get LeBron's excellence, no question about it. But he's, he needs some help, and... You know, AD's got to be there every night. That's the thing about AD. He's like Harden. You know, they can give you one or two games in a series, but they can't give you, they can't give it to you every night. And when you, you know, you have two superstars, you gotta, you gotta bring it every single night. That's why I think they're vulnerable against deeper teams like the Nuggets and the Heat. I mean, the the Celtics aren't, you know, past uh, Tatum and, and and Brown. They just don't have a lot uh, of of great players. So, well, the, and you, know, you got Jimmy Butler for the Heat. Bam, but they're just better across the board. I think they play harder, they play stronger. I think both series have a chance to go seven. And I think are very, very interesting. And as you were just mentioning, their ratings have, have been up this year. It's like the most the, the, the most watched two rounds of NBA playoff basketball on ESPN ever, ever. So the NBA is doing very well, and I got to tell you, the product has been great. I think during the playoffs, yeah, I think it has it really has been. Yeah, I think it has been. Uh, I just, I'm just glad we get to see the guy who should be – he should be a three-time NBA MVP, by the way. Yeah. Okay? If you missed it yesterday, biggest fraud I've ever seen of an MVP, Joel Embiid. Ugh. And Doc Rivers, by the way. 
Doc Rivers fired. Fired. And it, and I think, you know, three seasons there, couldn't get it done, probably need a new voice. He's such a short-term head coach. It's a short. He's a short-term fix as a head coach. I feel like ever since Boston, like, his stays are never long. He's lost 10 game sevens, can't get you over the hump. Uh, and, and this player, the whole player thing, like James Harden, I guess, doesn't want to play for him anymore if he wants to stay in Philly because, you know, every player's got a problem with their head coach, right? Why does what? That, that's, that just bugs me, man. I mean, Doc Rivers is a competent head coach. He's not a bad head coach. No, he's not I a mean, bad head coach. It's just. I mean, how much are coaches doing in the NBA? Seriously? It's, it's a player's league. It's a player's league. We hear that all the time, and it just—it's—it's it's funny to me though that certain head coaches have to die, have to have to fall on the sword yeah. for having a bunch of players who just Don't can't get out play. of their own. Like like <laughs> Phoenix, for example. I mean, was that Doc Rivers' fault that game seven? Harden was awful. What is Stephen? Yeah, I don't know what like, I don't know what. I've uh, been in Philly, man. He he can't even show his face around Philadelphia anymore. <laughs> oh, but I have I have that sound bite. Oh, do you? I ha- I have that soundbite because I want to play it. Because Stephen A. when he's when he goes on a rant, it, it is it's, it's great, great television. It's good. It's because fa- he he takes no prisoners. This this one was epic. This was an epic rant. James Harden was so awful. So awful. So bad. So bad. He should actually shave his beard so he could hide <laughs> his identity. That's how bad he was. I mean, it was really really bad. I say that. In all seriousness, I'm not joking. I, I worked in Philadelphia for 17 years. It was that bad. I'm telling you right now, it would be difficult for him to walk the streets. You don't do what you saw him do on Sunday afternoon in a game seven. And, and it's as, it's oh, as wow. if it's as, he should shave his beard. It's as if he like cost Philadelphia like a like a war or something. <laughs> it's so serious. Did you did you hear him after the Knicks got eliminated on Friday night? What oh, he man. said. Yeah. He, he just looked straight. He did one of those things where he's like, put that camera on me right now. Like the showman that he is. Yeah. And he was like, Julius Randle, I'm done with you. I'm done. And then he like looked at RJ. He's like, RJ Barrett, you are pathetic. You <laughs> <laughs> can get away with it, man. I love it. I love it. Um, so great for TV. Yeah. No, it's good. And, you know, people get so bent, like – you know, oh, how can you say that? You guys, it's so rude. He's a great blah, blah, blah. And I, 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 we were having this discussion the other day. And, like, all these people that, all, oh, you know, I get, it's so horrible, the hate that I got on social media and this, that, and the other. Don't look at it. Like, oh, there's misinformation on social media. Why, why, does, why do you go on Twitter or any, and you see something and you automatically think it's true because it's on Twitter? Or you, know, you, can't, you can't believe what comes out of the, you know, NBC and CBS News. But but it's your but for some reason it's Twitter's fault or it's Facebook's fault or it's whatever medium you want because somebody said something and you believed it even though it's the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your freaking life oh it's a, or somebody somebody's coming after you on social media get off you don't, there's no there's no there's no there's no right to be on social media or right to be uh, not criticized on social media if you don't want to be criticized on social media don't look at it get off it. I mean, when did, when did this happen that everybody, you have a right to be to a safe space? This has to be a safe. And who decides what's a safe space? If you don't like it, get off. Don't go. Don't look at it. Don't watch it. Have Take some personal responsibility. Stop whining about it, for God's sakes. 
Jesus. <laughs> this just reminds me of, of just speaking of like misinformation that's out there like on the interweb and social media. Mm-hmm. And Facebook is the worst, by the way. Right. Facebook has the weirdest things that people put news out there. Yeah. So for Mother's Day, my aunt looked at me across the table and goes, did you see what happened to Toby Keith this weekend? And I was like, no. And she goes, I, he died. she's like he died and I'm like no he didn't I'm like I would know if Toby Keith died I think everybody would know if he died why did somebody post it on Facebook she goes well I saw it on on the uh, I was scrolling through my feed and I said on Facebook it's Facebook and she's like yeah and I'm like Get off. Just get off Facebook. You think Toby Keith died? She thought he had died for two days. I mean, come on, people. You, you can't. You got to have a little bit of common sense here. It's Facebook and Twitter. It's like being at a bar. Like if somebody says something at the bar, like, hey, did you hear Toby Keith died? Or, or you know, <laughs> it, it says whatever. You know, it's oh, like, man. do you automatically go, oh, that's true. You know, if some drunk is at the bar and is like, oh, man, did you see Michael Jordan got shot? Uh, oh, my God. Do you jump on Twitter and go, Michael Jordan? No. You got to consider the source. Let me check it out. Let me see. If they, well, you know. if someone does tell me that, to be fair, I do go to Twitter. Because that's where we kind of cons- – Twitter is where you consume oh, but, your news. All right. So if, if you look on – if you, somebody tweets out Michael Jordan got shot and you and – and you, what's the first thing you do? I you go look, to Twitter. Well, no, if you're on Twitter and you see that, what's the first thing you do? I try to vet the source. Of course, <laughs> of course. Oh, this guy's got six followers, and he's and he and he evidently tweets a lot yeah. about uh, drinking tequila straight, three or four bottles a day. Oh, maybe not a trusted source. That's my point. Is people feel like, and and you know why they do that? It's just to censor people. It has nothing to do with a safe space. They don't give a shit about you. They don't care about you. It's to censor people that they don't like their opinions. That's what this safe space on social media is about. That's why people are losing their mind because people not finally have freedom of speech on Twitter um, because there's people saying things they don't like. If Donald Trump or, or AOC says something you don't like, don't complain about the platform. Stop following him or her or whatever. I mean, Trump's not even on Twitter anymore. But people's like, oh, I feel violated. Shut up! I'm sorry. That's just crazy. like I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce out of that one. Yeah. Last last NBA note. Tonight's a big night. Tonight's a big night. Why? It is the NBA draft lottery night, and oh, there is yeah. a there is a prize. Victor won Benyama. The and, can't miss prospect. And I and I tell you what I I like Zion Williamson. And Remember that Zion Williams is going to change the game. Hold up, it's going to change the game now. Zion can't play because he's—I don't feel like I'm myself anymore. I can't play. I, you guys on, are in the middle of you guys are in the today. middle of, of of a playoff run. Yeah, but I don't feel like myself anymore. I can't can't play. You know, I just I lost feel my, a little. Thin. I lost my smile. Oh, I lost my smile. How can I play without my smile? I'm 270 pounds, can jump through the, the roof of the gym, but I just don't feel right but but yes i'm still going to collect my 38 million dollar check yes of course i'm not that depressed but uh yeah anyway sorry (laughs) anyway sorry he he is the prize and my orlando magic have a shot tonight 
an outside shot. What's their percentage? I think they got the fifth best odds to get them. Now, you know what I'm calling back to, though? <clears throat> it's the 30th year anniversary of a certain event. Okay? For this for this draft lottery. Shaq? No. What? This goes back to 1993, the year after Shaq. The Magic went 41-41 and 41 or 40-42 and 42 with Shaq. So they were in the lottery, but they had the worst chance. And this is when they had the ping pong balls. Right. The Magic had one ping pong ball in the 93 draft. One. And Pat Williams, who was the the head executive of the Magic at the time. On our show last week. Very fitting. Pat Williams somehow willed that one ball to the top of that lottery. My and man. the 40 and 42 Magic got the number one pick in the draft and then got Chris Webber and then traded the rights to Penny Hardaway and got three first-round picks back. One of the greatest steals ever. And yeah. it ended up being one of those those really fun Magic teams that got to a finals. Should have won a finals, but lost. Nick Anderson, what are you doing? Nick Anderson missing four free throws. And Come leading, on, Nick leading Kenny the Jet Smith to hit the hit that three, sent it to overtime. The series was done and buried there. If he makes two of those free throws, <clears throat> a Magic. Makes one, they win the game. They win the game. And this was like an eighty plus percentage free throw shooter in yeah. Nick Anderson too. Trust me, I, I wasn't alive for the time, but I've done my. Nah, we remember it. I'm well. the history nut on that one. Brick, brick. But I'm just saying, 30 years later, wouldn't it be very nice to have just an exact redo? I think Pat Williams needs to be in the room tonight for the be. draft lottery. Yeah. And he needs to do the same thing he did last time. He had, he had the, uh, what do you call it, the bird's, the bird's foot or whatever that he had with him. He pressed his luck. Rabbit's foot? The rabbit's foot. There you go. I couldn't, get, I couldn't think of it. He said the ra- he had the rabbit's foot. He had the, uh, the clover that he pressed in the morning and he had something else and he was pressing his luck and everything and it worked out. So I need the same thing to happen 30 years later so the Magic can get Victor Wembanyama and pair him with Paolo Bancaro. It would be Rookie perfect. Yeah. It would be perfect. Jonathan Isaac, he's like 40 now. Is he ever Jonathan Isaac, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'll have my eyes on that tonight. Yeah, and then if the Magic get good, we'll actually start going to some games. The Magic are going to be good. Yeah, you think? With Paolo Bencaro, we'll Franz Wagner, we'll Caleb bright, Suggs. Oh, I don't have my, uh, my high-speed train yet. No, you don't have your train, so you're going to have to make for that 20 years You ago, make that I? trek to Orlando like every week, so you're yeah, close Yeah, I'll be over there, yeah. Yeah, and I got friends that have a box there now. They've been like, come to a Magic game. I'm like, well, there all you right. Go. You can get in the Ozone. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, and um, John Cooper is going to be on the TNT set for <laughs> uh, the conference finals. Yes, he is, alongside the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Wow. Uh, Anson Carter and our boy, not really our boy, Paul Bissonnette. Mm-hmm. I think John Cooper should take some shots over there at Bissonnette for openly Wait. openly rooting for the Leafs to beat the Lightning. I'll, and I'll, I'll request to get on Coop face. on the show. If you can, uh, give they a... need to put Barkley up on there. Barkley's a TNT employee. Right. He loves his hockey. Put Barkley there next to Cooper and, and Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I'm, I'm in. That's a great idea. Let's I, get Coop I, I on the that. show and have him mention that to the TN kids. Coop, you know, Coop and Barkley are close. I mean, the studios, are they in the same place? Yeah. Maybe they'll be doing the same yeah. thing like in Barkley could just go next door. Right. Just walk in. Hey, Coop. What's up? What the hell happened to our lightning this year? <laughs> Y'all were terrible. Terrible. They're terrible in overtime. What the hell's going on? Let me give you some advice. Um, yeah, that would be good. I would love that. That'd be Get Barkley on. And who, who, who more qualified to talk about those two teams than the than John Cooper? Nobody. As much as we played them. Nobody. And if, you know what? And how do you have a conference final without John Cooper? <laughs> we found our way in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How do you kick out? I got to get in somewhere. Um, all right. Do we have one more break to take? Yeah, we got one more break. One more break to take. Then we'll uh, set up tonight's Mets. Uh, the the Rays and the Mets. 
How in God's name are the Mets 2022? <laughs> we will we will discuss. Uh, we are brought to you by American Mortgage Services. Our good friend Scott Fitzgerald, who was on the show last week. Um, interesting things going on in the mortgage market right now. So if you're thinking that if the rates are too high, there's no way to get a mortgage, it's not a good time, don't think that way. They've got some very creative programs at American Mortgage Services that can help you get a house now. Yes, the rates are higher, but think there are ways that you can mitigate that. So talk to them about it. Email him, scott at amstampa.com, scott at amstampa.com. A lot of different programs. He'll walk you through it. And uh, there's other places that you could save money. So contact him and find out how at American Mortgage Services. Back in three. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements. But it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Tell them JP sent you. Get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off. Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. 
pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports. All right, welcome back to the JP Peterson show here as uh, we get uh, ready for some baseball tonight in the Big Apple City Field. Jalen Beeks. Jalen Beeks is getting the, uh, the go tonight against Justin Verlander. Verlander 1-1 one one with a 2.25. Uh, Beeks. One and two with a four five zero. Oh. But Yanni Torino's coming in uh, right after him. Mind you, who Yanni's been really good this season. Yeah, he has been good, surprisingly good. Yeah, you asked the question going into break: How the hell are the Mets twenty and twenty two? Yeah, how are they twenty and twenty two? Uh, they can't hit, JP. They cannot how, hit. How can that lineup not hit? Uh, they figured out a way. <laughs> they somehow figured out a way where they can't do it. Francisco Lindor is making like thirty five million a year to hit two twenty four. Wow. Probably one of the worst contracts in baseball. I think that's probably pretty true. Uh, and then the the trio of Mark Canna, Starling Marte, and Tommy Pham. Uh, and Tommy Our Pham, old friend this, Tommy Pham. Yeah, he's hitting 191. Uh, but that trio, who's a little up there in age, has started to show their age a little bit mm-hmm. for the Mets. And so when that happens, guess what? You're left with Pete Alonzo and Brandon Nimmo to carry the load. So they can't hit right now. All that money spent. 20 and 22. 20 and 22. How's the polar bear doing this year? He's having a – last I checked, he was having a really good season He's uh, uh, for the Mets. He's definitely been the most 13 home runs, there. 31 RBIs, hitting 232, OPS of 838. He's mashing. Yeah, I think he leads the, he leads the NL in home runs, I believe. Yep, yep, he is mashing. But it's not a great team, and I think the Rays, again, Isn't advantage Rays going in. Isn't that interesting? First pitch tonight, 7-10, uh, Bally Sports Sun. You can watch it any uh, Sports New York, SNY. has got it up there. Uh, so we were going to mention a little bit about that. Why is it so hard to watch games now? We're in 2023, and it's so much harder to watch games than it was in 1981. <laughs> well, the, the whole thing that sparked this whole thing is, is yesterday, this deal between the NFL and, and Peacock. Right. $110 million. For one game. For Peacock to broadcast one playoff game. And it's going to be all digital. It's a playoff game, and it's all digital. It, but it's worth it for them because then people have to go find Peacock, find out how to get there, and, and download the app. So now the app's on their TV, so they get all the information on what you're watching on television. Um, you know, it goes all through your anything you're watching. They get all the data from it. They can and, – and, all, all that stuff is worth it to them, and then people people have to – they'll give you a free trial, right? And then it, it kicks in, and most people forget it, forget to cut it off. Mm-hmm. 60%, I think, uh, forget to cut it off and or end up paying it anyway and don't even ask for a refund. And that could last months and months and months, so they get all this residual income. That's why you get one show on, on any of these streaming networks and it's worth, you know, it's worth billions of dollars. Yeah, it, it feels like this year, if I don't, let's assume I don't have cable, which I do, so it's not as big of a problem. But if I want to watch my team play in all the other games, I need to have, what, Paramount, Paramount probably, so I could watch Apple, the CBS broadcast. Apple. Where would I watch the Fox broadcast? Because they don't have Fox, a streaming service. On your local television. But what if I don't have local TV? Um, like, what if I don't have cable? And most cable, well, what's your streaming service? What are you watching? Well, I have Spectrum. Spectrum. I'm, I'm fine. Well, there. if you have YouTube like I have, then you have the local channels. If so you, you have, have to have some kind of streaming service, yeah. number one, yeah. up front. Yeah. You have to have Paramount 
for some of these games. Or a smart TV, you just download yeah. the app. If I want to watch the monstrosity that's uh, Thursday Night Football, I have to have Amazon Prime Video. Now I have to have Peacock. Mm-hmm. You're taking me in many directions I don't want to be well, taken and, and in. If I want to watch two, you know, if I'm watching the Rays game and they go to commercial, I got to I want to get flip, out of my you know? valleys, you know, uh, and then go. And then when I get uh, back in, here's the kicker: I got to watch a 30 second ad. Right. Oh, it's brutal. Oh, and to get it to get this in 30 seconds, this is the thing they're brutal. doing now. They give you the option: you can do a two minute ad that you have to sit through, or you can play around with your remote during a 30 second one, and you can get out. Have you seen those yet? No, no, I haven't seen. I've dealt yet. with that one lately. It's brutal. Uh, and what happened on the CW yesterday, Live Golf? We were talking about the PGA Tour coming to uh, PGA Championship this week, Oak Hill and Rochester, totally redesigned course. Yeah, we got a, we got a three-man playoff going on, on the <laughs> in the Live Golf tournament. Dustin Johnson, one of the biggest Cam stars Smith. on that tour. Cam Smith, big players. And right before, here comes David Fenley to go, yeah, if David you want Ferrety. to – Derek Ferrety. If you want to continue watching the, the conclusion of this fantastic playoff, everybody switch over to your CW app. Your, what, what is a CW app? Is that a thing? It's an app. Like, it's like Do I got to pay for it? I'm, I'm completely gone now. Go to our YouTube page. And they turned on some reruns of these shows from like 10 years ago. The Office. Not, not even. Show, not even. I mean. No. Yeah, and there are some markets that aren't even carrying it because they're also CBS Station, which Dead I think is in the water. I think it was Tampa was that for a while, but now I think they've, I've they've always gone. had it. Yeah, it's on Channel Six on Spectrum. I've always seen it. Yeah, I've tried to check it out, but it's just painfully boring. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. And we'll be getting more into that as the week goes on. All right, our thanks to Kurt Weiler from the Osceola Rival and the Rivals Network who joined us for the ACC meetings. See what's going on with uh, the Magnificent Seven up there. We, If you missed that, go check out that interview, top of the 11 o'clock hour. And appreciate you guys subscribing to our YouTube page. Also, our Apple and Spotify and our app. Download the app, the J.P. Peterson Show. And visit our website, thejpetersonshow.com or fanstreamsports.com. Uh, go Rays tonight against the Mets, and we will talk to you tomorrow.